powerful. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. I want, I want to take a moment just for a second to let you embrace God this morning. I'll give you a second to embrace God this morning. I, I think it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works. How uh, things that God's placing on your heart, things that God's showing you, and then all of a sudden you start, God just starts piecing it together but with other people and, and other things. And just like listening to the song. And I've been reading a book called uh, The Seven Letters to the Churches. Or Letters to the Churches, I think it's called, by Francis Chan. Amazing book. And, and one of the things he talks about is the idea of just stripping everything away. And if we strip everything away, then we still come to church. Like we didn't have the music, and we didn't have the preaching, and we didn't have the kids' program, we didn't have the, the place for your kids, and you didn't have the you know the powerful speaker, you didn't have the you didn't have all these things, you just stripped it all away, would you still come? And and, and he gives the example and he asks his daughter, he says, Let me ask you a question. He goes, he goes, um, if we went to have a birthday party for you and, and we just had cake, that's all we're offering, just cake. How many of your friends, how many people would show up if you just said, hey, you're coming to my house and it's just going to be me and Kate, that's it. She's like, well, maybe just a, just a few, maybe two or three people might show up. And he's like, well, what would happen if I, if we said we're going to have your birthday party at like Dave and Buster's and, and, and we're going to have cakes and we're going to provide food and, and all the games there. And she goes, oh man, almost the whole school would show up. And the idea was, well, then were they coming for you or are they coming for all the things? And if I walked up to my daughter and says, oh, look at all these people who came for you. Almost be like a slap to the face. And so I'm stripping things away, and I don't know about you, but here lately, I've just really just been wanting God. That's all I want. And as I'm reading this book, and, and, and he's talking about this, how powerful God's scripture is, the word of God is so powerful. It is the most important thing that you'll hear today. There is nothing else, not the words I say, not the words on the screen, not the things that we sang about. The most powerful thing that you need to take away from service today is the words that we read out of the Word of God. Amen. And, and, and it made me take a step back, really. Because how many times have I been preaching and I says, the one thing I want you to take away from this message, and a lot of times it may be the main idea, right? This morning, when, when I go to preach, yet yeah, God has laid some things on my heart, but the main thing I want you to take from this message is hear the word of the Lord when I read it. Because that's the most important thing that you're going to hear today in the service. But I'm going to give you just a couple of seconds here, about 30 seconds, just to kind of breathe in and recognize that God is here. God is in the midst. When I was singing that song, Let's just visualizing all the things that God has done. And, and the reason why I'm here is, is because of what God has done for me. And we talk about, we're going to talk about living sacrifice. And he's talking about all I owe. And I give you this, this heart of mine. And the only thing I can think about this morning when I'm saying I give you this heart of mine, I give you this black, ugly, dripping with sin, nasty, evil heart. And that's all I have to offer you. And he takes that. And he gives me a heart of flesh. He gives me something worth offering him. 
Because without God, I'd have nothing worth offering. Isn't that amazing? I'll be a little far ahead. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I just want you to recognize God is here because that's the most important thing. He has invited you here to worship. And that's what matters. now is why you came. Think about how much less you would complain about the music. If it wasn't quite what you wanted, the loudness, the style of preaching, how the pastor prayed, how he didn't pray. If all we came for was that, how would you how would you experience worship differently? How, how would you come to church differently? How would your heart come differently? Because you recognize the only reason I'm here this morning, the only reason why I'm here is because I want to experience God. I'll strip away the music, strip away all the, 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 the effects, strip away everything that's being said. All I want is to interact and experience God and God of all creation, the Lord, Lord, the King of Kings. He is inviting me here to enter into his presence that I might be able to experience him. All that I have been, all the things I have done, all I have to present him, he still calls me to come and enter into his perfect, holy presence to experience him. That's all man, right? I remind you of Y'all don't need to be quiet on this morning. I can't do that. Y'all know that. I've already told you guys that. I preach here enough to where you guys know you can't be quiet on me. Can't be quiet on me. I got a, 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 just a, a illustration. I need to find someone who's willing to do this because, yeah, it doesn't require to get in front of people. So sometimes people just don't like to do that. So. Are you willing to get in front of people? Grace. Oh, perfect. Grace. That is the perfect name. I need you, Grace. I need Grace. Grace, would you be willing to come up here for a second? Can you do that? That's awesome. Look at you. I mean, come on. I don't really like to be up here half the time, so this is awesome. <laughs> So I got, I got an illustration I want to do with you, okay? Now, I am God, not literally, but in this illustration, okay? <laughs> clarify that, okay? And I'm going to give you something, okay? You ready? You're going to start with this. This is yours. 
You can do whatever you want with that. It is yours to do whatever with. Okay. That's it. You can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> That's the end of the illustration. You're done. Yep. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Hey Grace. <laughs> now, I have a question. You remember who I was illustrating, right? Can I have that board back? You'll never see it again, though. You'll never see it again. It won't be yours in the morning. You won't have a quarter. It'll be a quarter less. But can I have that back? And just be mine. It's up to you. It's your decision. Can I have it back? Yeah, you. You can have that. That's yours. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what God does? Yeah. That is exactly what God does. We have nothing to offer God. Nothing. That should humble you this morning. I don't know, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about it, I've been studying this, as I'm getting this, this message and God's laying my heart, and it's, I literally have nothing to offer him. Nothing. And the only thing I have to offer him is what he has given me to start with. And it's not much. In fact, not, no one, do you want my dirty heart? You, you want this sinful, dirty, evil, Dripping heart? And I only have that much because God gives me life. God allowed me to breathe this morning. God, God gave me this life I have. And I only have this because of him. And what I have to offer him before he does the work in my life is nothing but evil, sinful, dripping grossness. And he says, I'll take it. One of the things I want you to realize, as we get into the word this morning, I want you to realize that everything God does, everything he does is for you. He don't need you. He don't need your sacrifices. He don't need your worship. He don't need any of this. Everything he does is for you and you alone. It, it, that, that, that should just humble you this morning. That should just, I don't know, it does send up something in your soul. You have nothing to offer, but yet he does everything for you and for you alone. It's like this illustration I heard a while back, Dr. Chris Miles, I was sitting in class with him, and he was talking about this young kid, and they're walking through the mall, and he says this young kid looks at this guy who is walking towards him, and he has one of those shirts on that says, Jesus is the reason for the season. How many of you ever heard that? Everyone in here should have. If you live in the United States, right? It's everywhere, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. And the young boy sees his shirt and he stomps and he gets mad. He says, no, he's not. I am. And you know what's crazy? He's right. 
We got it switched around. We say that Jesus is the reason for the season. You know what Jesus says? You're the reason for the season. That's mind blowing for those other people that don't know what Clarify a little bit there. It's the act when we give God our brokenness, He gives us wholeness. We give God our depraved, cloudy, deceived minds, and He gives a lack of clarity, and He gives us clarity and sound minds. We give God death, He gives us life. We sacrifice nothing which we believe is everything to gain what really is everything. Say that again. We sacrifice nothing which we believe is everything to gain what really is everything. So it's like, I was, I was thinking about the title today, and, 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 when it's, and I did title Living Sacrifices, but I, can't, I don't really collect that, because to me, it almost could be titled a bad deal. A bad transaction. Because Jesus makes a bad deal for us. He gives us everything, we give him nothing. In fact, we give him something worse than nothing. Jeez. I, it's not really a sacrifice. Grace, when you gave me back that quarter, was it a real sacrifice to you? In the end? No, you made nine dollars and seventy-five cents. <laughs> so was that really a sacrifice, y'all? See, I think a lot of times the enemy gets us gets us gets us. You know, he sees us and tricks us into thinking that it's this huge sacrifice. You gotta give up this, 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 and this. And many times in the churches, we talk so much about what we gotta give up and what we can't do. And we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. And you gotta give up this, and you gotta give up that, and you gotta give up this, and you gotta give up that. And and you, it's, it's okay. But then I get everything. And more, and life abundantly. That's what God wants to give me. For, for what? And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't really care for this idea of sacrifice because I'm not really sacrificing anything. I have to change my mind up. I have to change the way I think to understand that because it feels like a sacrifice at first. It feels like it's costing me something at first. And it kind of does a little bit because she had to actually give me the quarter. But in the end, she gained everything and more. Something she didn't even have. And the only reason why she was able to have a quarter is because I gave it to her in the first place. And the only reason you're able to give something is because God gave it to you in the first place. Yeah. Man, I, we get too prideful, I think, when we come to God. We really got to understand the, 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 the deal here. I think we approach worship a whole lot different. I think we come to church a whole lot different. I think our idea of a living sacrifice would be a whole lot different. I think we'd be a whole lot more willing to do whatever God asks of us if we wrap our minds around this. Because here again, you need to understand everything God does, He does for you, and He does for your good. When we get into Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, that's what we're going to read today. 
little backstory. Paul is writing this. And I want us to take a minute to think about Paul because Paul, he had his priorities messed up. Remember that? We're, we're actually in, the, in um, G3. We're going through the book of Acts. And we went through that as a church. We kind of skipped around. Remember when we skipped around and went through the book of Acts? We're actually walking through it in, in G3. And the one thing you come across is this, you come across this character named Saul, right? And Saul had his priorities all jacked up. All messed up. And the crazy thing is he really thought he was serving God. Everything he did, he did for God. We talked about this in, in, in uh, uh, last weekend on Tuesday night. But everything he did, he thought he was doing for God. He even got permission from the church to do it. So it wasn't like he was doing it all on his own. He went to the church to get permission to do it. His priorities were all messed up. He thought he was, he was serving God, but in essence, he was fighting against God. His mind was cloudy and messed up. He, he was fighting a losing battle, but someone prayed for Saul. We have evidence of that in Scripture, that at least one person prayed for Saul. Do you remember who that was? Who prayed for Saul? And Ananias before that. Stephen. While he was being stoned with Saul in his presence, he prayed for Saul. And God began to work on Saul. To the point where we see at the road to Damascus, where God strikes him down, talks to him audibly. Why are you persecuting me? And we see Paul, through, through that revelation, through connecting with Christ, begin to change his way of thinking as God begins to renew his way of thinking to the point of receiving and being filled with the spirit where the scales fell off his eyes. And he went from someone whose priorities were all mixed up, where he was fighting against God, couldn't find what he was really looking for, couldn't get it enough not satisfied to now this is what it's all about I was I was killing people for serving this man but now I'm preaching about this man I, I was telling people how wrong they were now I'm telling how right they were and, and I'm a totally changed person and my mind has changed and there's a clarity there's a renewing there's something that happened what did he sacrifice to get that a life of misery for a life of glorifying God Y'all ain't hear me this morning. <laughs> Not me. I, I, I know you hear me. I want you to hear me. I really want you to get this. That's not me. I feel like it's God. God, God is calling the church back to himself. God is like, quit forgetting about your first love. He's calling the church back to reality. He's calling them back, especially the Western culture. He's calling the Western culture back to this first love. It's time to get rid. It's time to seek me. And God's the one who rewires us and gets our minds right to where we can understand, to where we, we get what God wants. It, but he's the one that has to do it because we can't think straight away from him. And so here in this scripture, 
after God has rearranged and, and, and changed up and, and flipped over Paul's priorities to where now he knows what it means to truly serve God. He knows how messed up he was. Paul himself says, I was the chief of sinners. He understood he had nothing to offer God. But yet God still did this through for him, through his son Jesus. He, he's, uh, Jesus was the very one. I didn't think about this. I was, I was reading a commentary, and since Paul Saul would have been on the Sanhedrin, he more he possibly could have even been on the very one that was condemning Christ. So the very one who was putting Christ on trial has now accepted Jesus. He's the very one that helped put him to death, literally on the cross. Now Jesus, he said, Jesus accepts me. And so Paul understands what God has done for him. And you can hear this as Paul is trying to get the believers to understand what they need to do, what they must do to serve and to follow God, to experience all this goodness that God has for them. And he starts right here in Romans 12, 1. And you can hear it in the language. I'm reading from the NLT version this morning. And he says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, this is like a term of endearment. He's like, I plead with you. I beg of you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way, the proper way to worship him. That's funny, it didn't say to use contemporary worship. Didn't say to use Southern Gospel. Didn't say to read only out of the King James Version. Didn't say this step, this. Giving your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find himself. This is the proper, the true way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Don't try and be like the world. Don't get sucked into the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I'm not going to stop this time. I'm going to read this one more time again. This is the most important thing you're going to hear. I'm going to break this down here and say, but this is the most important thing. Not my words, but this. Because this is God's word. And it says this again. Soak it in. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a person, a new person, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't be like the world that's full of anxiety and fear and worrisome. Don't be like the world that has no hope and lives like no hope. Don't be like that. Let God transform the way you think to where you understand that you have hope, that you understand that God is on the throne, that you understand that God is in control, that you understand that God is giving you a new heart and a new mind, that God is there with you, that God's grace is sufficient for the evil. Don't let the, the world trip you up. Don't let the world change your thinking. Let God change your thinking and be the way you think. Let Him renew your mind. I don't know the whole story, but there's something that's just going viral all over the internet, and it's the young man who forgave the woman that shot his, his brother. Right? Brother? Yeah. Mm. Right. What's that? She was a police officer, yeah. Yeah, yeah a police officer. Yeah. And it's just going viral. Why? Because that's not normal. Amen. It's not normal for someone who shot your brother to, to say, can I give you a hug? The world is craving to see true Christianity, to see true people who have fallen in love with God, who, who has been consumed by God. The world is craving to see people who are truly living sacrifices. People who would come to church no matter what. People who would say, no matter what, if my church is up to the, my chest, flooded with water, I'm still going to go because it's time to pray and it's time to meet with God. We see people doing it in other countries. And, and I'm not, please, okay, this is what I want, I want to say. I, please don't hear me as putting anyone down this morning. I'm not, okay, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying there's so much more. I'm saying there's something better, and we're missing it. It's like me being Paul, I'm pleading with the church. Universal, I'm pleading with the church. Can we please get back to God? Can we please just get back to Jesus? Can, can we get back to see the move and power? Can we get back to where we come to church? We're not worried about the time. We're, we're not worried about what's going on. We just want to be and experience God. Amen. That there's nothing else on my mind. That I'm not caring about anything else but God because I need Him. I can't face the week without Him. I need God. I don't care if the lights go out. I don't care. That's why the other two couple weeks ago when the sound system wasn't working, I loved it. I loved it because I heard y'all's voices and you were singing louder than I ever heard you sing. And it wasn't about the sound. We didn't care about the sound. We were just going to go ahead and worship God no matter what. That's what I'm talking about. But we need more of that. A, a deeper sense of that. But you, you can't do that until you let God renew your mind where you get first things first, where your priorities get right, and only God can get your priorities right. And Paul starts here, the first thing he says that we've got to do to be a living sacrifice, he says, give of your bodies. Give of your bodies. That's what, he, that's what God wants. Give of your 
bodies because of all he's done for us. What does it mean? It means not don't not just your hand, not just your arm, not, not just your soul, your spirit, your give everything. You hop all the way in and you give him everything. That's what God wants, that's what God needs. God can't work until you give him everything. Because you're fighting against him. I'll give him my arm, but my body's not going with it. I'll give him my leg, but the rest of my body's not going with it. If you're fighting against God, he can't do everything he wants to do in your life. I need to wonder, God, why am I going through all these things? Why am I not experiencing everything you have for me? Why am I not experiencing your grace and, and your joy? Well, why am I suffering from anxiety and all these different things? And believe you me, I, I just, you know, I'm not saying that we don't need help with anxiety stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying above. You know, this, I don't care. I'm not going to explain myself. You know what I mean! Amen. I feel like I always have to explain myself. I'm done explaining myself. I don't have to explain myself. A lot of what we deal with is only because we haven't went all in. I haven't went all in to where I trust you fully. I haven't went all in to give you my quarter because at least I can get something with a quarter because without it, I get nothing. To give you my quarter to where I can get $10 in return. Hmm. Kind of interesting that a child was so quick to do it. She, I don't think she, if she understood that I was just asking for the quarterback, I think she would. But she was, she was looking around. Okay, it was a little nervous, but she gave it back to me. And it's interesting how God says how we must become like a child. And Paul says you, you've got to give up all your bodies. It's, it's all that you are. You've got to give your bodies as a living and breathing, holy sacrifice. Living means it, it, it's constant. It, it is a prayer. Oh, if you're reading through this, there's a lot of present tense. Meaning it, it's now. It's, it's a constant giving. It's a constant living for God. It, it's a constant giving it over to God. A living sacrifice as I'm going to continuously walk into your fire and be burned by the by your holiness to where you begin to work and, and burn away dross where I become more and more like you. And, and I have less and less fear and less and less anxiety and I have more and more love for you as you begin to continuously work, work, work in my life. Uh, it's a living sacrifice. It's not a one and done thing. And it's a holiness about it. Holiness means I'm, I'm set apart. There's nothing else in my life. I'm, I'm set apart, God. I'm literally set apart for you. Where you want me to work, where you want me to live, what you want me to do. The calling on my life, because here is every one of you has a calling. It's just to wear and to what? Living and holy sacrifice, and then, and you have to do it over and over. You have to continuously have that heart. Because what, what would happen if I if I told my wife tomorrow? I said, you know, I'm gonna go see Jennifer tomorrow. I told you back in 2000, July 1st, 2000, that you're my only one. I did that already. So now I can go see Jennifer. Is that how it works? Yeah. Or is it a, if you want to die? <laughs> it's a commitment every day, right? It's a choice I make every day to say she's my only one. It's a choice. You, you have to wake up every day and say, Jesus is your only one. 
There is nothing else, nothing better, no one higher. It is Jesus and nothing else. He is the only one I live for. And today, Lord, you lead me. Today, Lord, I'll serve thee. Today, Lord, I'll follow thee. Today, Lord, whatever you ask of me, I'll do. A living and breathing sacrifice. Living in the present every day. Holy, set apart. He says, give me your body as a living holy sacrifice. This is what is acceptable to God. It's without blemish. Here's the cool, this is the crazy thing. Again, going back to what Christ has done for us. He, it, 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 it's, it's an acceptable offering. Why? Because of what God has done in our life. The Old Testament, they had to get the, the, the perfect land without blemish. Right? Nothing wrong with it. When we come to God, everything's wrong with us. But Jesus justifies us, removes the blemishes, makes us as if we have never sinned, makes us perfect in God's sight, and now we can offer that to God as a perfect and acceptable offering. And that's what God wants. Not for him, but for you. You see, we got to get with God's a selfish God. God wants this, and God wants that. It's all about what he wants. And he, he does all this for you and me. Because, look, you were created for all this. This is what's good and pleasing and perfect, which we'll talk about here in a second. Good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't that what you want? And it's a gift. It's a free will. Give me your bodies. It's a gift. You have to. You have to give. It's a free will. It's a choice. But the only reason you have that choice again, because God has given you the ability to have that choice for you. I don't see so much more. I still don't see what we're sacrificing here so much. I still don't see it. And why do we do this? What urges us? It draws us in this direction. Paul says it's God's love. It's by what he has done for you. Okay, if you want to look up Luke, I'm not going to read it this morning, but Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50, just where Jesus was talking about those who love most, who have been forgiven most. They are understanding how much they've been forgiven, how much, how much they don't have, and it makes them love Christ even more. It's his love that draws us. It's his grace that enables us to we can do nothing apart from his grace. It's because of Christ's sacrifice that we can. God gave his son while we were yet sinners. Because of this, we can be living sacrifices. He got our sin and punishment. We get life that is good, pleasing, and perfect. Bad deal. Good deal for us. Bad deal for him. But really, because he loves us so much and he desires for us to have nothing but good, it is a good deal for him. <coughs> All right now. What has he done for us? He gives us forgiveness, sets us free, delivers us, sets us apart, gives us a purpose. He gives us kingdom priorities. He gives us meaning and benefits that come from the citizen of heaven. 
the benefits that come from being a citizen of heaven. Way more than we, we can talk about this morning. What comes out of this? True and proper worship. Nothing between you and God. To, to be able to freely receive and respond because I've given him everything and, and he is purified and set apart and made holy and because of this I can truly worship him because there's nothing nothing separated there's nothing keeping his light from coming into me and, and making me bright there's nothing so I can be consumed by God because I am a living sacrifice now because it's all his Give all to receive all. The ability to have a living worship and a walk with God. And in so doing this, as we properly worship and in, in being living sacrifices, God takes that old broken life and gives us a new life. One that is good, pleasing, and perfect. We become a new creation. He, he says right here, we become a new person. And, and I love this idea, this idea of a new person because God showed me something a few years back about being a new person. It, it, it's not like some of you guys have taken chairs and stripped them down and, and made them look nice again. Refurbished chairs. How many of you have ever done that? Refurbished furniture. Maybe it's not a chair, okay? And how many of you have made walls look better because we repainted them and they were chipped away, right? Hey, God showed me, he said, this is not what I mean by a new person. He says, I literally mean, when I say new, I mean new. It is a new person. You are not that person anymore. If you give yourself to me, I burn up all that old person. That old person is no more. I don't see that old person no more. That person never existed, ever. He says, I give you a spiritual new DNA where you're unrecognizable. That is not you anymore. You're a new person. And you seriously, after everything I've done, after all the guilt and the things I've been through and done, you, you give me and you make me a new, you don't even remember that person no more. That person is no more. They never existed. Exactly. So when you start getting upset about that old person, stop it. They don't exist. God don't even know what you're talking about because that person never existed. You are new. Amen. So when someone else starts to tell you about that old person, you can tell them, I don't know who you're talking about. That's literally not me. Yeah. That's great news. But that's what he does if you become a living sacrifice. You have to step into his holiness and allow him to do this and become a living sacrifice every day of your life. And through this, he renews your way of thinking where you become kingdom-minded. Man, there's nothing, man, kingdom-mindedness is just crazy. It is, and it's it so many things flipped upside down. Someone hits me, I don't hit them back, I forgive them. Someone steals my coat, I give them my pants too. What is this? <laughs> but when you're so consumed by God, you want to do it. Because you understand you have nothing anyways. You understand that all that you have is because God has given it to you. So if they take your coat, they might need God's pants too. Clay is a guy from Saginaw Wesleyan that I know for a long time. He came to talk to us about Forgotten Men's Ministry um, the other day. 
at G3, one of the things he said, and, I, and it was just crazy, I, 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 hopefully I'll never forget it. He talked about this idea that he, he does a lot in prison ministry, jail ministry, and he gives them jobs. And he says it's, it's bitten him in the blood a few times, right? But he said someone, he gave him a truck and tools, and he, were, he was working for him, but the guy ran off and stole it all, took, took the tools and everything, and went and started his own business with the tools that he was given. And Clay said, I just said, okay, God, they're your tools, they're not mine. And if you want someone to steal your tools, then who am I to say anything else? And then God refurbished and blessed him and actually found the guy and he got his tools back. And you want to talk about this? It's kingdom minded. <coughs> and we can't do that without the Holy Spirit renewing our minds where we understand because before Christ we are so messed up none of it makes sense kingdom mindedness all that is just craziness and we can't fathom it we don't get it we, we can't wrap our minds around it and, and then we need God to rewire it's almost like our, our wires have been frayed and taken apart and God goes back in there and he reconnects them and everything makes things right and we can then think straight a new way of thinking of understanding what is good what is right what is pleasing and then last, in this we receive a life managed by God, making straight our priorities in which God gives us a life that is good, pleasing, and perfect. There we go, he said it again. And it is God, it is God's will that we find the life that we so desperately needed and desired, but with depraved minds could not find. One that again is truly good, pleasing, and perfect. And receiving God's will, we find that is good in Romans 8, 28. All things work together to the, good, to the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And then Jeremiah 29 11, which says, All for these plans I have for you, let me read it because I, I don't have that one memorized like I do the other one. Most of you do, most of us heard this. But this is good, it's a good refresher. Jeremiah 29 11. And he says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. How are you going to know the plans if you don't know the Lord? They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look with me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Moving on verse 40, I will be found by you, says the Lord. Good. Pleasing. A pleasing life, one that is satisfying and filled with content. That's pleasing. How many of you want to be content? It comes in God. When you, when you, when you fully understand that everything and all things are in Christ, and you give everything to Christ and you're consumed by Christ, that's where contentment finds you. find contentment because you want nothing else. You have everything. You have everything in Christ. Therefore, you're content. A good test of contentment? How much complaining do you do? I need some more contentment in my life. I need to find that I need to, to have my mind more renewed to understanding that he is all I need. Perfect. Why is this will perfect? Because you were made for this will. You were created and born again for this purpose. 
I want I want I want to encourage some of you who got a late start in life. When I mean, uh, I, I gave my life to Christ late in life. I, I missed out on so much. I could have done so much for God. I could have done this and God had this and this and this. No, here here I want to encourage you this morning. God didn't have didn't have any plans for you until the moment you were born again. He knew when you would make that commitment, and that's when those plans were prepared in advance for you to do. You didn't miss out on what God had for you. God knew the moment you would commit, and those plans were made before the creation of time. So stop worrying about the time you lost and start thinking about the time God has given you. Because the time is now. So this morning... I have not preached something new. And my purpose this morning was not to preach something new. I'm preaching in hopes that the Holy Spirit would convince you that this teaching is true. You will know that you know you believe it to be true when you actually live it. You can't say you believe something if you don't live it. You can't say you believe something to be true if you don't live it. You don't actually believe it. The evidence of you actually believing it comes out in your life, and that's living real. That's the first step in managing your life in which your priorities are made straight. It's in living real and being living sacrifices that we give all, which is nothing at all to receive all. My prayer for us this morning is that we truly become living sacrifices to receive all that God has for us which is far more than we could ever fathom or imagine. Our God is a good, good God. Father, we thank you this morning for these words that you have given us in the book of Romans. Humbling words that we, as we begin to break down and realize that we have nothing to offer except for what you have already given us. Everything we have, you have given. The ability to give back comes from you. Everything you do, you do for us. Father, you showed us the ways you gave up everything for us. Father, in the Trinity, we see this played out as a great example, as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit pour into one another, lacking nothing. So you have poured into us, asking us to pour into you, where we lack nothing. Father, may we wake up each and every morning Understanding the need to be a living sacrifice for you. May we understand that in the end, for us, it's truly no sacrifice at all. So this week, Lord Jesus, may we practice your presence through the week. We continue to renew transform our minds as we begin to learn and know your will 
which is good, pleasing, and perfect. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.